Funny 16 presents. Hello and welcome to Only Films, a podcast for analog shooters and vintage camera lovers. My name is Mandy Left. I'm a film photographer. And today we're going to be talking with a street photographer. He's got a, an ongoing project in Japan. He's been shooting street photography over there quite recently for a few months. And he's going to tell us not only about his street photography, but also about camera shops, which is something that we all like. So if you are going to be going to Japan anytime soon, this is like the best um, opportunity to note down some camera shops and maybe some really good areas where to do street photography. And if you um, struggle to note things down at the moment, don't worry because all the information will be on our Instagram account, Only Films. So the photographer we're going to be talking to today is Alex Bridge. Um, he's part of the Only Films Collective. So now I'm just going to give him some time to introduce himself. Hello, hiya, my name's Alex. Uh, I do street photography, as, uh, as Mandy said. And uh, yeah, I mean, what do you want me to, to say? Just things about, um, I don't know, like what, you, what your photography is like, how would you describe mm. it? What, yeah, in general, like what you shoot for anybody I, who doesn't know you. Okay. Well, uh, I've been shooting now for around seven years and I try and go out every weekend uh, for a few hours, around five hours of walking every weekend um, and shoot the street. And I just look for what is engaging, what is uh, engaging with life and telling stories. And I've now got to a point where I'm quite comfortable going up to people and taking their photos um, and getting involved. Uh, in things and um, yeah I, I think I've discovered that I really like photos that have uh, a story behind them mm. um, the more personal the kind of the better yeah. Um, so yeah that's what I've been trying to do <laughs> yeah that's great and we're going to be talking a lot more about this and your photography specifically in Japan and um, but also in London but then before we get into it I think it would be now would be a good time to talk about some news and events that we recommend so well the first thing that i want to mention is that we are going to be going to paris very soon um there is the uh, photo paris event and it happens every year in november the beginning of november this year is going to be from the 9th to the 12th of november and um we're gonna go together as a group for me, it's going to be my first time in Paris, actually. So it's going really? to be great. Yeah, no, I've never been. So I'm really, really excited just to shoot in the streets, but also just to see all of these exhibitions. So Alex is coming as well. Um, and Ray, um, Nelson and Katie, all of them from Only Films Collective. So we'll be bringing back some really good shots, hopefully, and some, some a lot, a lot to share with you guys. So... Then there is a very interesting exhibition going on in London. So that's Alex, if you want to tell us about yeah, what Yeah, I mean, uh, it's quite uh, a big one already. Uh, the Photographer's Gallery is, is hosting the, the Dido Moriyama uh, retrospective. Um, and I went to that recently and mm. I was really impressed with uh, how they'd laid out. And 
you know, we've got images of uh, eyes everywhere, and yeah. they've got the entire lift uh, done up with eyes, and you go up the lift, and then it's just no Im- visual noise everywhere. And mm. um, no, I was really impressed uh, with uh, with that. I think it's the best exhibition I've actually been to at the Photographer's Gallery oh, so far. Wow. I would say, um, yeah, there's. Um, that and I think I was reading at the exhibition if I remember correctly he's trying to create uh, a space that reflects the noise of the street Mm. and he's playing with ideas of unreality and deconstructing uh, the image and and things like that I thought it was really interesting Mm, yeah that sounds really good so is um how long is it going to be there for? I think it's until the end of February. Okay, so yeah, yeah we've got time to see. Yeah, well. I definitely recommend going to that. There's mm. also um, another exhibition going on by another photo- Japanese photographer called uh, Sugimoto, mm. and he's quite the opposite of Dada Moriyama. Uh, and he's, uh, I think that's going to be happening at the Haywards Gallery. Mm. Uh, that's open also now. I don't know how long that's on till, mm. uh, but he's very minimalist. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check that out as well. Okay, that's great. Okay, so perfect. So now we're going to get into more. We're going to start with some questions about your photography. Um, and the first question is, um, what is, well, what are your most recent photos or what is your most recent project? Anything that you've been working on recently? Well, my most recent project has been the the Japanese um, street photography book that mm. I've been working on for <laughs> half a year now. Yeah. Um, it's coming together. It's coming together, um, and that will be printed. I'm hoping by the end of January. Mm. Um, so that that's exciting to look forward to. Yeah, photos that I've taken recently would be at the Kings Cross uh, Classic Vintage yeah. Car Show which we went to, uh, and I took a lot, a lot of portraits, color and black and white. That was a really fun event. Yeah. Uh, met so many interesting people, so many people yeah. dressed up as, uh, all, you know, all eight, you know, all um, time periods, 50s, yeah. 60s, mainly, I think. So that was really fun. Uh, and I really enjoyed the images I got from that yeah. meeting. That was mostly me going up to people yeah. and asking to get their photo. So quite, it's quite different from your average street photography, I think, yeah. where you're trying to be invisible and mm. creating compositions naturally out of how people walk around and things yeah. like that. Yeah. I did do a bit of that as well. But, but just, you, you, you enjoy going to events, don't you? Like yeah, yeah, photographing yeah. events like this, yeah. And I, I find that even if you do take the type of photography where you do want to be invisible, it's still, I still struggle with that in regards to confidence. Mm. You have to be quite confident to try and be invisible. I don't know mm. if that sounds weird, but anyone that's tried to do it <laughs> might, might resonate with that. And I actually found that going up to people on the street and talking to them has actually given me so much more confidence to then do that other type of street photography where you are trying to be invisible. Yeah. So I definitely recommend to those that struggle with confidence to, to do that. Mm. Um, and that is, I'm going to plug OnlyFilms now. That was, uh, that's where OnlyFilms comes in yeah. handy because we're always about as a group mm, mm. and we support each other. And uh, it's, it's much easier approaching people in the street when you're with a couple friends. Yeah, it's like you get the encouragement from each other as well. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's really good. 
And then, so the next thing that I wanted to ask you was about um, uh, if there is anything that has got your attention recently in the film world. So it could be anything from film, film stock, camera, anything new for you that you think, nah, I didn't know about that, but I'm interested. Yeah, well, I mean, I was looking at the chroma cameras mm. because I've always wanted to shoot X-Pan. Um, I do cinematics professionally for work, and we always work in, in that kind of aspect. Uh, and I really wanted to try that. So I was, I was very interested in the chroma cameras. Um, might have to buy. I couldn't make my mind up though, <laughs> between the 35 and the 120. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm still... Deciding. Still, still deciding yeah i've got to check it out a bit yeah. more well we've had a chance to see them live in person because at the yeah. moment we are at the analog spotlight um so we have been just looking at all the chroma cameras mm -hmm. and it was just a good opportunity to actually have a look at them right yeah no he's a really nice guy to talk to and um, mm. very smart yeah yeah so I, i've been thinking about one as well because i've got a friend who's got a four by five one and it looks really good and I want to get into large format so I think it could be my first could be I, you know I'm still deciding mm -hmm. but Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm thinking that it could be a really good one to start with um so yeah I was looking at the intrepids as well yeah no they were next to them right yeah <laughs> so, it's difficult yeah I mean both look really good so one or the other at some point I think I will get into it and then the other thing is, I just wanted to ask you what you are going to be working next, if there is anything coming up. Or, hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I'm definitely going to be continuing the Japan project. Yeah. I'm going back to Japan uh, this January uh, to go to Hokkaido to mm. photograph the, the snow landscapes. Yeah. Uh, so I've been buying a lot of winter gear, winter, <laughs> winter photography gloves and, and things like that. Mm. Uh, and Hopefully, hopefully I take some nice landscapes. Yeah. I'm thinking about shooting infrared oh, whoa, with yeah. snow. Uh, so that'll be quite interesting. That should um, be really infrared interesting. Infrared or, or using deep red filters or, and yellow filters. And yeah, what was this film? Um, because we've been to this talk with um, Ilford. Um, so Michelle Parr was talking about all the uh, films that they produce. And there was this one. It was it the SFX the one yes. that you need the red filter for as well. Yes, the SFX uh, Ilford film that mm -hmm. you need the infrared real filter for. Or, or actually, speaking about Ilford, you could use the Ortho, the Ortho 80 film as well. Oh, yeah. Um, that should that, be interesting. Because it, you know, yeah. takes away the reds. Yeah, that should be good as well. I guess, are you open to experimenting that, in that way? Or yeah, you... definitely. Mm. I mean, I'll be shooting a lot. <laughs> I'll be shooting uh, a lot of film. I think mm. I shot around 60 to 50 rolls last time I was in Japan. Okay. And uh, that was in how long How long were you there for? Two months. Right. So 60 rolls in two months. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. On average, I think that was around a, a roll a day. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, that's, that's a good amount. A lot of walking. That's commitment as well to the project. <laughs> But yes, actually, let's just get there now. Let's just start talking about um, shooting street photography in Japan and also camera shops in Japan. Because I imagine if there's anybody going to Japan um, in the film community, they will want to know 
about what's the situation in terms of camera shops or also where they can get film is it easy and also if you can tell us about because I find that very interesting as well like what's the film um, situation over there because the the community yeah because well in the UK is very healthy I think and it's just becoming bigger and bigger um in the US as well it's just like a big thing I'm not sure about Japan. I actually have no idea. So if you can just maybe start from there. So what was the... It's quite a big question. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm laughs> to start on your last point, mm. uh, I would say the community is very healthy over there, but for very different reasons. Uh, I think that they're very much less social, but they're very big on collectives and exhibitions mm. and printing. I think they're much more involved. This is just my opinion, by the way. Of course, I mean... Because I was just... only there two months. Yeah. I did meet up with a few photographers and I talked to a lot of people that worked in the shops and this was my overall consensus um, and what I heard. And so I think in England, we have a really, really strong social community, lots of photo walks. Obviously, they, they do happen in Japan, depending on where you are, what city, but uh, I think considerably less. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. So how did you manage to, well, did you manage to get into any groups um, with film photographers over there in the time in Japan? Yeah, small group, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. Uh, I do, uh, there's a photographer called John Sipple. He has an Instagram called Tokyo Camera Style. Mm-hmm. And I was following him for quite a bit. And... I, when I was in Tokyo, I think I was there for around two weeks and I was going to Oeno Park every day almost. <laughs> uh, and, and then I saw on his Instagram story that he was also in Oeno ah. Park uh, making photos for, his, uh, for one of his books, I think. And I didn't see him for the first few days. And I actually was thinking about giving up. <laughs> and, and then... As I was walking to away from Oeno Park to one of the camera shops, I, I just saw him on the street, and we both <laughs> had yeah, we both had um, a Leica, and ah. a thing on his his Instagram page is that he meets people on the street and photographs their camera. Ah. So I had my Leica M2, and he saw it. I saw him. We had a little you know eye to eye contact, and and then we met and we made friends, and I actually ended up following him around the whole day and he gave us a little tour around um wow. around the area uh, around Oeno and uh, we actually we even during that time bumped into a Matsuri festival and that is now in the book um, okay it was really interesting um c- considering it wasn't a, a an average Matsuri festival there were quite a lot of Yakuza oh uh, members uh, competing you know taking part and that was a uh, that was really interesting. And as for a, those who don't know what Matsuri festival is, a Matsuri festival is a very common celebration of the local area, mm. uh, where they take a oh gosh, a miniature shrine mm. and they they carry it on their shoulders. I mean, there are lots and lots of different Matsuri festivals. Okay, but this one is they were carrying a. Uh, a miniature shrine on their shoulders and I think they were taking it 
around the street. I'm, gosh, I'm not, I don't know. Wow, okay. <laughs> I don't know the details. But yeah, but that's basically what you saw and that's what you photographed. Yeah, it was amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. It yeah. was my um, first time in Japan. Okay, wow. And actually, this uh, ha which film did you choose to shoot? This oh, event, God. for example. <laughs> <laughs> so I took so many different films with me to mm. Japan. And uh, I think in the end, I ended up shooting mostly Fuji 100, Mm. which is abundant or was abundant in I Japan. I can imagine. And a lot of just black and white of all types. Um, sorry, it's <laughs> in the name, disorganized film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. So you have to you have to live up to the name. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so black and white mainly and Fuji or well. It was a good, you... it was a good 50-50. Mm -hmm. okay. And I was shooting lots of different cameras as well. Um, Mid-trip, I bought a Fuji uh, S605S and a Olympus Pen FT. So Ooh. I was shooting, uh, I originally bought a Rolleiflex mm. 3.5, sorry guys, not 2.8. <laughs> uh, so I was shooting 6x6 and there and 35mm uh, on, my, on my Leica and then went to 6x5 and then half frame. So it's a good mix of okay, all. Okay. I'm going to try and be more organized. <laughs> <laughs> uh in january when i go back okay and yeah shoot just one aspect at least is that is that what you want to do you just want to go down to one just one format one aspect that is the aim the yeah. aim probably won't happen well so do you think, have goals yeah but do you think that you might get there just by doing it a lot and then just realizing okay you know i think i just enjoyed this more or this is just the look i really That's, I'm I mean, really that's after. the way I've been mm. pr approaching photography in the last seven years is if I, if it's fun, if it's enjoyable, then I'll shoot it. Yeah. I won't necessarily keep the, any rules. Yeah. Um, I'm not really afraid to try out anything new. Mm. It's, it's just fun. Yeah. 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 That's good. And are you thinking in terms of like the film that you're going to be shooting in January? Um, are you thinking, I don't know, do you have an idea of like what type of look you want yeah i was talking to james lane today we're at analog speak uh analog spotlight mm -hmm. and he makes obviously the pyro uh, film developer yeah and stuff and he's just released a new developer called uh One. Which, um, oh it's gosh, got part a and part b yeah part a and part b and that's supposed to be sharper more contrasty i honestly struggle to think how you can be sharper than pyro but Fine. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> but I was going to shoot one film and develop it all with, with that Ooh. to see how it is. And I think yeah, that would be yeah, quite yeah. interesting. And I did want to try out infrared yeah. as well, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Right. So, and then you mentioned that you got a camera over there. So mm. which camera was it that you got? Olympus Pen FT? Yeah. So I bought originally a silver Olympus Pen FT. And then I saw a black one in the same day, and I was Ooh. like, "Oh, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to get the black one too." <laughs> so I very, I was very lucky, and I managed to sell the silver one and and get the black one for quite a good price. Oh, okay. So you kind of was like swapping them or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I found out later when I tried to sell another camera that it's actually quite difficult for a foreigner. 
to trade and sell cameras yeah. in Japan. Um, so I think. Okay, so it's quite difficult for a foreigner. For that's a what I was told. And, and what, what was and, your and experience? My further experience with trying to sell a camera was quite difficult because the the consensus in Japan is kind of I mean everyone kind of knows they love their cameras mint mm -hmm. absolutely mint not a scratch not a dent <laughs> nothing and if they if it does have a dent if it does have a scratch then mm. they're not going to give you that much for it and on the one hand it's very bad for selling and trading but very good for buying okay if, if there's a camera in in one of these stores that has a dent, you're going to get it for a very good price. Oh, okay. That's not bad to know. So then how did you find it in terms of like finding camera shops and finding good camera shops? What, what would you say about this? Research, research and, <laughs> and getting lost and exploring. Yeah. Um, I spent the majority of my time uh, trying to find camera shops. There are so many, so many, especially in Tokyo. I actually, my goal was to try and go to all of them. Yeah. And I was documenting them all on my Instagram stories. Mm. And I didn't get to go, I didn't get to go to all of them in Tokyo. Yeah. But I did, I think, go to all of them in Osaka because I was in Osaka the most. I was there yeah. for about a month probably. Mm. Um, and Kyoto had quite a few as well those three cities are, are have have the main amount uh i didn't i didn't go further up north yeah and um i did go further south but not to hiroshima or nagasaki or mm. any of those other big tourist points i went to okinawa and okinawa did have a camera shop they did have one but i wasn't able to go there because we were we were there so uh, for yeah. such a short time um so yeah. yeah i can i can talk about some of the camera shops from tokyo for sure mm -hmm. and osaka and i can link them mm. uh, in the post yeah so yeah that that'd be actually very interesting just to have like it like a list at some point um, yeah because they're all different and yeah. they're all there are some ones that you know it's the same here as well isn't it it's mm. some of them are very expensive some of them are a little less some of them have their specialities there are True. certain Leica and Rolleiflex shops and there was a shop that specialized in just toy cameras oh, that's I'll, I'll definitely link that mm. because um that was a very difficult shop to find yeah yeah, yeah. bottom and floor of a department center <laughs> how did you find them just to know um well it was mainly google maps yeah just putting in film camera and then film camera in in Japanese in Google Maps uh, and trying to find them that way and then spending hours mm -hmm. navigating corridors and going up lifts and mm -hmm. going into all sorts of places trying to find these camera stores <laughs> and then you'd just be walking around and you'd just end up finding one because it's not maybe not on Google Maps um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then even finding ghost shops where you know they closed but they're still on google oh, maps of course, yeah quite a, there were quite a lot of those a bit disappointing but it's a, there's a lot of research that you did and that that really we're going to be sharing everything that you 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 found there's out there's quite a few main ones that i'd mm. i'd suggest 
uh, in Tokyo, there's okay. yellow, yellow Jacket camera, which is a really good um, place to go for developing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, really good. And just to know, just to know, do you remember the prices just to compare? Oh, for God. Developing? No? No. Okay, that's no, fine. I don't remember the prices. I, but, I do know that a lot of places wouldn't accept black and white 120. Um, that was a big challenge uh, because there aren't that many dev labs in Japan. Yeah. They, they send them to the big, the big ones. Mm. Yeah, if you can't um, get it, yeah, I would just wouldn't, I, I maybe wouldn't shoot 120 black and white. I mean, that's a good point. In, in Unless Japan. you want to then do it yourself or something. But it's good to know, it's good for people to know that if that's what you're planning, if you're planning to shoot black and white, 120, and you're expecting to get it developed in Japan, you're going to struggle. Yes. I, okay. I mean, there are places that do it. They'll just send it off and it'll be a lot more expensive, sometimes more expensive than, than England. So, yeah. uh, but, but that being said, I mean, there are places that do color 120 within a day. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Which was, <laughs> yeah, which was really good. Um, and for slightly cheaper than England, um, but obviously 35 mil is pretty easy to get developed. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. So then, so you mentioned the, what was the name of the cam uh, camera shop again? Yellow? It was called Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. Camera. They don't one. sell cameras. They're just a dev, dev shop. Ah, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that is in where? It's north of Iona Park. I'll, I'll put it in the link. That's perfect. And would you maybe mention one or the camera shop of, or, or lab that you, you remember right now, we will talk about them um, in the post. We will list them. Yeah. But if you remember one right now. I can, I can, I can do a few. Yeah. There's um, Mitsubadu mm -hmm. camera shop. Mm -hmm. They're really nice guys. Um, they have a bunch of good cameras. Um, they're kind of one of the more socially popular camera shops. I think okay. they are quite active socially. So they're a good shop to go to. Um, there's the Akihabara Nishin camera head office. That is a camera shop. It's not an office, okay. even though that's what it's called <laughs> on, on Google Maps. They are amazing. They have all the merchandise you could ever want. They've got their own um, QP character with a camera, baby, baby holding a camera and a TLR. Yeah, I, I got I, one. I, yeah, you got one. <laughs> and they have uh, tote bags and T-shirts and hoodies and bags and mm. all, the, all the things. So they're really cool to go to. Um, they also have cameras. Yeah. And, and they were selling film at good prices as well. Oh, well, okay. That's where I got your one. Image Pro 100. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that it, it wasn't available in the UK for a while. Mm. And you, you told me that it was available over there. I was like, please, can you bring me some? Because <laughs> it was a very good price. Mm. And then uh, in Osaka, the main one I went to was a place hidden within the recesses of Osaka Station was Cameraland Yautomi. And that is the shop where I they can develop color, mm. 120, I mm. think, um, in one day. Although the machine did break down quite a lot. Oh, yeah. that's not good. <laughs> and, and, and the prices did vary because depending on what person you talk to, not oh. sure what was what was going on there, but um, yeah. <laughs> but they weird. have everything. They're amazing. Ah, 
okay, but that's that's interesting. They have so many, so many cameras. They had the um, the Fuji, the Fuji GF six six seventy. Oh, mm. or six ninety is it? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. And My dream dream camera, dream camera. Dream camera, yeah. Well, um, any other thing that you you can remember that you think, oh, that's that's a cool one. Um, I want to find what that toy shop was called. The toy camera shop was called. Okay, so and I we'll definitely want to link one. that. And mm. um, Kyoto had a very good uh, dev lab as well, very cheap uh, that I went to every day. I was in Kyoto, and I'll I'll try and find that and link that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that's yeah. good. But yeah, so we've talked about camera shops and a little bit about your photography. But for all of those street photographers, I think it will be interesting to know what the what what it what it is like to do street photography over there? Like how people perceive you and how they react to you. Mm. So uh, that's quite interesting because the culture is obviously very different to England. Yeah, it's uh, in England you kind of expect a reaction. I think um, that's what is a bit scary from yeah. England as a photographer. You're taking photos of people in public, and in England you feel like oh they could turn around and. You know, punch you in the face if it, you know it could happen. It could yeah, happen. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me, thankfully, touch wood. <laughs> um, but in Japan, I think they're much more reserved, a bit more shy, mm. and they're less likely to respond. Mm. But I think if you understand the culture, there's a lot more respect involved. So you feel. A bit more guilty, maybe taking oh, yeah. photos, even mm. because they're so you know polite. Mm. But then, and you, you you know that as soon as you take their photo, they'll pretend to be polite and then you know walk away and curse you silently, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But um, mm. but then again, so so I was, I found it quite difficult uh, at first, and I was mainly trying to find events and engaging things to photograph mm. rather than just people on the, people on the street. Um, and then as I got used to it, it became easier and easier. Um, but I still didn't get to the point where I was pulling people off the street like I do here and photographing yeah. them. I did try. There were some cool looking teenagers mm. in uh, America, America Mura Street, I think it's called, mm -hmm. in Osaka, near Dottenbury. And that's all like, like super America, Americana, vintage stores and all that. So a lot of cool dress uh, teenagers and stuff and tried to get a few photos of them. And I did also uh, started taking pictures of people I was meeting in bars and I, I took a, a nice portrait of one of the bartenders in Kyoto. And, and yeah, I, I think that they're really friendly over there. Mm. Um, if you're respectful and you try and learn a little bit of Japanese, you can get on very well. I mean, okay, so, yeah. yeah. So they do appreciate when people approach them and, and they try to speak the Japanese. Yeah, they. I think they. I think that's a key, really. Mm. If you can attempt to even try to speak Japanese, mm. they will be so much more open uh, to engaging with you. Yeah, that's that's a good tip, actually. So if you just can learn a little bit before you go, it's yeah, it's yeah, because help. it's just a polite thing, you know. Absolutely, just, yeah. That's actually everywhere, right? But. Yeah, but it's interesting what you were saying about how they react or how they don't react <laughs> to. Yeah, I mean, when I was over there, I heard of other photographers, won't name names, they're rather, you know, well known. 
um, who were going around with flash, you know, mm. flashing people in the face in the mm. street. And I just thought that was so disrespectful. Yeah. Um, I guess it depends on the like, culture, oh, right? It's, it's, it's a fine line for me. Yeah. It's a fine line. I, uh, on one hand, I really want to do it and try it out <laughs> okay. because, because some of those results are so good. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to cross that line yet. Yeah. But then, as you said, it's not likely that you get punched in the face, right? But it's not about being punched <laughs> in the face, I know. is it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to look at a photo uh, of someone I flashed and feel bad about it every time I look at it, you know? Yeah. It's a hard one, that. It's a mm, hard one. Depends. I guess it does depend on, yeah, as I was saying, like, it depends on the culture. Would you feel more comfortable doing that in the UK or not at all? It's the same in the UK, I think. It's just in the UK, you're more likely to get punched in the face. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Um, yeah. I mean, props to all the guys that do it. Oh, yeah. And girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But and maybe it's not really your approach. No. Yeah. I think that's perfectly fine. I think, I guess, um, if you get too close, it's going to be a portrait and you're going to ask for it, right? Or I'm going to be sneaky. Oh. Yeah, get this, you know, get the wider lens out. You can get a bit closer. There are ways of getting around it, mm -hmm. definitely. Shooting mm. from the hip, mm -hmm. zone focusing, mm. um, being sly, pretending to play with your camera when you're actually taking your photo. I mean, I'm sure there are lots of techniques out there. Yeah. Whatever works for you. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, yeah, so I look forward to seeing... Um, the photos that you will be taking over there and also seeing seeing your stories because um, when you went the, well this time that we're talking about it was really interesting to see all of your stories and everything that you shared it was just like being there it was just really interesting to see where you were moving the camera ships that you were finding and just all the streets because then I could see where you were and then when you published your photos on Instagram, then I, I have seen those. You I, knew the context. Exactly. Right. That, that made sense to me and I really liked it. And then now the last thing would be seeing them um, as part of a book. So that, that, that'll yeah, be like the... so that's the thing we've been chatting about quite a lot with the book. Yeah. Um, I've been asking for advice from you and um, I, I didn't know at first whether or not I would include stories in the book, uh, adding context to the images, because a lot of photo books, obviously, they have a, a little preface, a little bit of, about the context of the images at the beginning, yeah. but not throughout. And so I, at the moment, have, have kind of structured it. So chapter by chapter is city by city. And, I'll, and I'm going to write a little bit about my experience in each city, and my opinions and theories, and yeah. just rambling. Mm. Um, about certain situations in the photos. And I think what you kind of, what we agreed on is that mm -hmm. that is actually more interesting than mm. just showing the images without context. Mm. Even though I am of the opinion that, like, I think you should be able to show an image without context. The image should be yeah. the context. And I, and I, I have a, a, a controversial opinion, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe, okay. I don't know. I, I kind of prefer I prefer it when the image is more important than the story. Do you know what I mean? I see what you mean. And I get I get your point 
and I think it depends because I do like to take a photo book and look through it and and read about it. I, I want to know what the photographer was aiming to do and I want to know where he was in this situation. I enjoy that so much. So there mm. are some photo books where they just give you like um, an introduction and they don't even show you the photos yet. You just like on that um, white page with just that introduction about what you're going to see. And then I read that and I just start picturing it in my head. And then I go to the pictures with that background in my head. And yeah. I really enjoy doing that because then I understand. But I guess it depends on the type of photography, um, depends on the photographer. Yeah, I mean, one of the goals I reach to personally in photography is to try and create images that tell a story of their own without having to have vis- like, uh, mm. written context. But the way this evolved was, uh, was to tell uh, image, you know, stories through image sequences yeah. and, and written things as well. And yeah, that's just how it evolved. Sometimes you can't control it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it depends on the, this could be just one book that has explanations and then you can just move to. Yeah. One of the things I'm exploring with the book is the idea of using your camera as a sketchbook, Ah. just having a right mess around Mm. with photos, collaging and, and um, deconstructing and changing and adding ideas to photographs that weren't there initially maybe and and the whole back of the book is is all about that where i've got the images that kind of didn't work within the the chapters the kind of outliers and then i really wanted to include them so i i created this uh sketchbook sketchbook chapter of the book um so yeah hopefully hopefully people like that yeah, I think I think it is. It's, a, it's an interesting um, approach, and I think it will work. Mm. So now we're coming to the end, and because we're coming to the end, there is one thing that we like to do because um, we, as analog photographers, we like our cameras. That's one of our things. Um, so in each episode, what we're doing is to show um, a camera. And then you have to guess which camera it is from the sound of the shutter. So Alex has one of his cameras okay. here. Let's try this. So let's try. I'm going to take a see. photo of you. Okay. An actual, an actual photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and um, so let's see. Is it Wait. like a pleasing sound, would you say? Because this is P-A-C-S. So it's pleasing analog camera sounds. Right. Well... Oh, I'll I'll let the the listeners be the judge. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I'm we shall put, see. I'm put it to the mic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Mm. Oh, mm. That's a, mm. nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice sound. It's nice sound. Yeah. I mean, it might be hard to guess. Do you think it's hard to guess? What I, it I is? think any. Yeah. I think that's quite hard to guess. Okay, but I think any any shutter sound is going to be quite hard to guess unless it's a sneezy Canon A1. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a good one, actually. But there, there are quite a few that are quite, you know, you identify quite easily, I think. Mm, yeah. This one, I'm not sure, but if anybody wants to have a guess of like maybe the type of camera, 
that could be that could be one. I mean, if anyone's seen me at Analog Spotlight, they'll, oh, know, they'll yeah. know what I've been carrying. Yeah, that, that's a good point as well. Um, but anyway, it's just about the love of the sounds of the camera. So mm. that's that's what we're doing. And and I think that is uh, the end. I don't know if you want to add anything, Alex. Um, no, I that's mean, we, yeah, we could talk a bit, a little bit about Analog Spotlight and how that's gone. Okay. Yeah. Um, we had our presentation today, and oh, yeah. it seemed to go quite well. <laughs> yeah. People, um, people were saying that we 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 kind of riffed off each other mm. quite well. Mm. Um, so hopefully we get yeah. some traction with that. Yeah, that would be good because yeah, basically we were introducing analog um, to the analog uh, spotlight our collective on the films and we're talking about our plans well we, we talked about our origins as well and our um, background what we have done and what we want to do and just to kind of go through what we want to do very briefly and just to remind you listeners uh, what we're trying to achieve is that we want to, as you know, our mission is to promote film and we want to promote anything film related and we want to support the community as much as possible. So one of the things that we want to do is if you have an exhibition coming up, if you're publishing a book, a zine, uh, if you're putting together a photo walk somewhere and you want people to know about it, you can just reach out, let us know, send us a message through um, Instagram on the films uh, project and then we can share it we can talk about it on the podcast and we can just share it on our um, socials we can actually go there film it and promote it so yeah that's that's kind of like the main point mm. that we talked about today exciting times exciting times there's a lot coming up soon and we're just like really looking forward to it so thank you very much for listening and um, I will, yeah, we, I guess we will be recording another one soon. It, it's, it's just been really nice speaking to you, Alex, yeah, today. Thank you. So thank you so much for all of that information. Yeah, I, I'll, um, I'll make sure to put all the links in, in a post somewhere. Um, follow us on Only Films Project Instagram page. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, thank you, and and that's the end. So thank you for listening again, and keep shooting, but keep shooting film. Bye. Ciao, Matane.